Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Bianier with Dr. Cindy Speaks and the Daily Diatribe for Tuesday, December 13th, 2020. And this podcast is being recorded at 3.41 p.m. So taking a look at the news and what's going on today, we saw that there was a major breakthrough in the research and development of clean nuclear energy with a recent experiment out of California where nuclear fusion created more energy than it took to create. So although this is a small step in terms of our ability to have clean nuclear energy, it is a big and important step and hopefully one that will continue to create opportunities and interesting investments in clean energy. We also saw going on this week the Africa Summit with Joe Biden as the United States tries to counterbalance the soft diplomacy that has been the mainstay for Russia and China in Africa. The Chinese Belt and Road Initiative has been very successful in making inroads into African countries and building the relationship between many African nations and China. It has left open some wanting between the United States and other allies or friendly countries across the region. So the Biden administration is working to create better relationships there, even going as far as to advocate for a permanent UN Security Council seat for an African nation. So that is a step in the right direction. Diplomacy and soft diplomacy are very important and good moves and really happy to see the United States stepping into the world stage in a much more positive and productive way than we'd seen through the Trump administration and really taking it serious, the threat that China has been to the United States in terms of their soft diplomacy around the world. So this is a good investment in the United States. A few other things that are going on here, we see the investor, CEO, fellow Sam Bankman, Reed was arrested in the Bahamas. That apparently was where he had set up his whole operations with the cryptocurrency exchange FTX. He was arrested in Bahamas because of fraud and SEC violations. And people are starting to equate what he was doing with that cryptocurrency organization to the Bernie Madoff Ponzi scheme, because apparently once he had resigned, And the company was starting to really tank back a few months ago. There was about $8 billion that had been missing. And apparently one of the things that the Bankman Freed had been doing was moving it between the cryptocurrency company and a hedge fund that he also oversaw. So just moving money around, but not really putting it where it was supposed to be. So this is an ongoing story. And really, I hope that he is held accountable for this type of fraud and manipulation. For a lot of folks around the United States and indeed the world, the way that 
these high level trading folks and people who are dealing with huge sums of money, moving the money around and the tricks that they can use to manipulate people and manipulate investments are beyond what we understand in our very hand-to-mouth economy. But I think it's really important that government regulators and prosecutors and everybody involved in the justice system make sure that those folks are not betraying the public trust and really just not defrauding people. And so looking forward to the that investigation related to the FTX company. Here in Florida, we have a few things going on. Apparently, Governor DeSantis just decided that he wanted to investigate COVID vaccines. So this is coming alongside with his crackpot surgeon general, and they are looking for evidence of malfeasance related to COVID vaccines, the ones that have been safely tested around the world and have been very effective in helping to get the COVID pandemic under control. DeSantis has asked the Florida Supreme Court to convene a grand jury to investigate whether or not there is enough evidence for any kinds of criminal pro- any criminal prosecution. So this will be interesting. It really, frankly, to me, seems just like a political thing that he can throw out there because a lot of his folks that are supporters of him are anti-vax and they have this big fear of the big pharma. And even though the Democratic, or I'm sorry, even though the Republican Party has been a big recipient of big pharma dollars, we already see that Ron DeSantis has no problem turning his back on friends. He did that with the Disney Corporation as well, if it serves him politically. So this seems just like another political ploy so he can talk about and continue to string out the COVID frenzy that's going on. And one of the things that was concerning in his press conference that he did on this earlier today was that he falsely equated the dollars that Florida received to the tune of $3.2 billion that came from the Purdue pharmaceutical company. And the, in fact, the, not only just the pharmaceutical company, but the actual Purdue family, the lawsuits that were filed against them in relation to the opioid epidemic. So this is a very inappropriate (laughs) correlation. It's a false correlation because that was a very different situation. There were tangible addictions and deaths, numerous that we can count across the country, across the United States, and across a longer time period. And so saying that that we're that this is equivalent to holding the the vaccine companies accountable is just absolutely ridiculous because the there was evidence actually within the Purdue settlements that they were, they knew that the opioids that they were selling were addictive and they did it anyway. And there was multiple chains on that. There was multiple criminal liability from distributors to local uh, pharmacies and things like that. So doctors and pill mills. So there's a lot of things going on. It's a very different situation. It's not a short-term pandemic. And Anyway, so Ron DeSantis is just, is talking smack, but definitely don't buy into that whole, it's the same thing as the Purdue opioid money because it's not the same thing at all. Otherwise, in Florida, we know that Florida oranges are a mean, both symbolic and uh, 
actual physical crop that we have in terms of agriculture here across the state of Florida. But because of the massive hurricanes that we've had, including Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Nicole, the Florida agricultural industry and specifically the orange industry is making productions, predictions that are very low for this year. In fact, the orange harvest is expected to be the lowest it's been in 80 years. This is being compounded, of course, by years and years of citrus greening, which is a virus that has been hurting our crops across Florida for a long time as well, really curtailing that industry. I think that it's important for us to have a robust economy that's diverse, that includes agriculture, and we can talk about big ag another day in terms of their pollution and the favors that they get. But still, we want to have, we need fruit, we need vegetables, we need things to be grown. And this is going to hurt further the economy in Florida. So this whole concept that Florida's A-OK is going to pretty much go out the window in 2023. Between what will be lost in terms of tourism here in Southwest Florida, what will be lost in terms of the shrimping and fishing industry in Southwest Florida. Southwest Florida is already leading the state in terms of the unemployment because we've seen thousands and thousands of layoffs and the major hotels and resorts on the coast because even after the Hurricane Ian that's hit here, the waters are terribly polluted. We have red tide that is coming out. We're going to have additional Lake Okeechobee releases, which are going to make the waters look even more disgusting and create more red tide. So we are looking at a very harsh year coming up. We are still doing major re rebuilding across the area. So tourists are not going to be able to come. And in fact, tourists can't come to many of the places. Sanibel Island just announced that it is sticking with its reopening date of January 2nd. So that means that is the first day that non-residents are going to be able to travel to the island. Of course, they're going to be traveling to a veritable wasteland because many of the buildings have been leveled all across Sanibel Island, but it's still not open. Going to be hurting across the state of Florida here, ag industry, tourism, fisheries, really hurting. The hurricanes are a major cause of that. So everything is not hunky-dory in Florida, no matter what the lying sack of shit Ron DeSantis wants to say about it, calling us the free state, et cetera, and so forth. What we really are is free to be poor, free to have our houses flooded, and free to pay expensive prices. So the, the other things that are going on in terms of the economy, both here in Florida and across the United States, is that inflation luckily is slowing. Unfortunately, it's uneven across multiple different products. We are seeing decreases of in inflation in the used car market as well as rent. Both of those things are not happening here in Florida because we had thousands and thousands of cars that were flooded out. So you are paying top dollar for cars here in Florida. Oh, and we had close to 20,000 homes be destroyed or completely uninhabitable. So our rental and sales market for our real estate is off the chain. People are selling their hurricane damaged homes. Uh, they're hitting the market right now with the drywall ripped out. So you're getting a bit of a discount, but they're selling completely leveled lots on the beach in Fort, in Fort Myers Beach for $1.1 million. Just nothing but the lot. So clearly no one's learned anything, but the rest of us here who are trying to get by, who are losing jobs left and center, we are still paying those inflated rates. But across the country, it's looking better. Good news for everybody but us. But also one of the things that is going up at a very, very high rate is the cost of produce. And that does have 
Florida's agricultural market and the disruptions to it because of the hurricanes as part of it, but there are also viruses and diseases that are hitting other agricultural products, causing produce prices to go up to up 38% in some areas. So this is hurting everyday families, obviously, like mine. I've definitely walked through the grocery store recently and saw the price of something and put it back because it's just that hard right now. Also, good thing to keep in mind, the connection between all of these things, of course, is global warming and climate change overall. And we have to be serious about addressing this. Pestilence in the agricultural areas are increased when there are patterns of weather that are different, especially heating patterns, increase different types of viruses and pests to invade areas where they really hadn't been before. And that is leading into the inflation as well. The hurricanes, of course, especially with Hurricane Ian, going from a tropical storm to almost a category five in about a day and change, we can really see how devastating that was as well as the size and the slowness on the approach. Those are all demonstrable through science, things that happen because of global warming, because of the warming waters. So the size of the storm, the strength of the storm, and then the slowing of the storm are all things that affected Hurricane Ian's growth, and it's destroyed Southwest Florida and wrecked havoc on the broader economy of Florida overall. And it's playing into all these other components that we see. So I think this is just a call, if you connect the dots here, for us all to take climate change seriously, to elect people who take climate change seriously, and to make sure that we are investing in both the overall rollback of our carbon footprint and the greenhouse gases that are released into the atmosphere, trying to be carbon neutral. So that's why the fusion uh, breakthrough is so huge, but then also that looking and making sure that we're doing mitigation. So helping farmers have insurance, helping to make sure that we are subsidizing food costs to the most vulnerable. Also making sure we are not rebuilding in the flood zones, which is exactly what happens when you see a $1.1 million leveled lot on Fort Myers Beach. So that is the end of the Daily Diatribe for today, December 13th. And we will see you next time here on Dr. Cindy Speaks. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyay.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanyay.com. We love connecting with people.